Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Live from the studios of News Talk 1480 WHBC, it's Kenny and JT. Huge game on Saturday for the Cleveland Browns. This is indeed a must-win. It's winner go home. It's the playoffs, man. And for the first time since 2020 and only the third time since 1999, the Cleveland Browns are in the playoffs. And joining us to break it all down is the outstanding Browns beat reporter, 92.3, the fan Browns radio network. We usually have them on on Thursdays. Uh, tomorrow the Cavs are playing. So Daryl was uh, kind enough to join us today to break it all down. How are you, D? I'm good, and, and technically uh, today is a Thursday in Brownstown because they play Saturday, right. which is for them Sunday. Okay, very good. So, yeah, they've got the thinking uh, you know, going that way to get prepared for this, Daryl. Let's start with some of the announcements that came out today of who's returning and who's definitely out for Saturday's game, Daryl. Well, no one's – well, aside from uh, Dustin Hopkins, uh, he, he is, uh, I, I would say, definitely out. The term they're using right now is, Unlikely, and I put that in quotation marks because both Kevin Stefanski and Bubba Ventrone have said that in each of the last two days. But uh, he's he's the only one I say is definitively out. Amari Cooper told us today he is good to go, even though he has not practiced uh, the last two days. Um, uh, Grant Delpit was designated to return from injured reserve today. Remains to be seen uh, what he's able to do. Jim Schwartz, the defensive coordinator, said it was a positive first step for him. But when we talked to Schwartz, it was before practice. So, as he noted, he hadn't seen him on the practice field just yet. But my anticipation is, if everything goes well, uh, the next couple of days here, that Delpit will, in fact, be available uh, to them. A lot of the guys, you know, David Njoku, Miles Garrett, you know, uh, Juan Thornhill, uh, who has been dealing with a calf injury, he uh, also back at practice today. And, uh, you know, the fingers crossed that he's going to be available. I will say this. If Thornhill and Delpit are ready to go, uh, C.J. Stroud will face arguably the best secondary he's faced uh, this season. Daryl, one of the things I've been reading about, and I'm curious to you know hear from you if you've heard this as well, is that why a lot of people are picking the Browns is because of their man-to-man coverage and that C.J. against zones, a top-five quarterback, against man-to-man right. at about 27 or 28. Have you been hearing the same yeah. thing? Yeah, and, and here's the thing. The Browns are indeed a, a, a man team, and that, that this isn't something that was you know changed midstream or whatever. This is something that they've done the entire season, and the results speak for themselves. The Browns come into the postseason with the number one Overall ranked defense, they are number one defending the pass uh, as well. <clears throat> they have uh, forced the most punts in the NFL. They, they're the best team uh, defending on third down uh, this season. So uh, certainly, and, you know, we visited today, Kenny, with uh, Denzel Ward, you know, uh, and, you know, he, he mentioned about Stroud, you know, hey, he's a Buckeye, and, you know, so all the Buckeyes, are great, but he is, uh, you know, a, a great quarterback and has had uh, a great rookie year, over 4,100 yards passing, 23 touchdowns, just five 
interceptions. To me, that's the thing that stands out with Stroud, and Schwartz noted it today as well. For a, a guy that throws the football as much as Stroud does, the fact that he does not turn the ball over as much certainly gets your attention because typically when you throw the ball a ton, as Schwartz put it, uh, interceptions and turnovers, that's just the cost of doing business. Uh, and we've seen that a little bit with Joe Flacco uh, with the Browns. But um, Stroud has not faced a defense like this yet. And uh, I would say that the, the Browns, well, they have faced quarterbacks like C.J. Stroud. In fact, they've faced multiple quarterbacks like C.J. Stroud. So while having uh, the rookie available and healthy uh, certainly changes dynamics uh, offensively for the Houston Texans compared to that Christmas Eve game, Kenny, uh, I I still think the Browns got the advantage. Yeah. Daryl, I know there's other players on this team with some playoff experience. Joe Flacco, the ultimate experience at 10-5, and MVP of a Super Bowl. How much does that pay off, not only for the offense, but the other players on this team looking up to Joe Flacco? Is there like a calming influence there with Joe Flacco on this team now? Yeah, there is. And uh, it's interesting listening to his teammates talk about him and even when stuff goes bad on, in a game, you know, he'll come to the sideline and get everyone together and say, hey, all right, here's what's going to happen. This, this, and this. All right, we're fine. This is what we need to do. And, and I think that there's something to be said for that as well. Um, and uh, he just he gives them mm-hmm. belief that not, you know, this is not a situation where the Browns are just happy to have survived the, the season that they had, right, where they just lost all these guys and, you know, this is their their hero moment, if you will, right? They got to the playoffs in spite of everything. No, there is an expectation within their locker room that they're going to Houston and they are coming back home with a win and they are booking a trip somewhere next weekend to play again. Daryl, I like their chances based on uh, the defense, the man defense, Stroud, as good as he has been this year, he's still a rookie quarterback. Jim Schwartz dialing things up, uh, but also uh, because uh, of Joe Flacco. And I wasn't for them signing Joe Flacco, so I was wrong on that. But the way he's played makes me believe if the game comes down to that final possession that he can make a play to help them win. Do do you feel good about their chances this weekend? Yeah, I I love their chances this weekend. Now, look, this is not going to be the – 36-7 36-7 to whooping that we saw on Christmas Eve, right? I know, I know it was 36-22, the final score. That, you know, mm-hmm. Houston got a couple of fourth-quarter touchdowns that uh, made people sweat a little bit. But, you know, look, the, the, the Browns put the boots to the Texans. Now, I'm not expecting a repeat performance. I'm not expecting that Murray Cooper is going to go out there and catch for another 265 and two touchdowns. But I, I do feel like Amari Cooper working against that secondary, uh, you, you know, there, there's – opportunity there right uh and let's be honest about it um that 265 that cooper had on christmas eve kenny that was not a byproduct of you know houston blowing a bunch of coverages amari made a ton of ridiculous contested catches against the texan secondary so um you know i'm looking for you know david njoku to uh, Mm -hmm. attack the middle of the field elijah moore would like to see him be able to get some space in the middle of the field as well. So I do feel like it, Houston's front is is really good, and uh, the Browns' offensive line is going to have their hands full trying to keep Joe Flacco upright and clean. But as we've seen, Flacco, for 
being accused of being a statue, he moves the pocket pretty darn well at the age of 38, rolling left and rolling right, and extending plays and buying time and, and trying to, you know, see some things down the field open up and whatever. But, um, you know, I, I feel like if the, the, the opportunity for the Browns offensively is going to be through the air, and lo and behold, what do you know, they have a guy that's uh, more than capable of lighting it up through the air, and that is, of course, Joe Flacco. I'm glad you mentioned Elijah Moore, too, because that makes me feel a little bit more at ease, too, knowing the fact that he is playing. Any updates as far as how much you expect him to play, and what about Cedric Tillman on Saturday? Well, uh, uh, Elijah is practicing, and it's you know it's it's looking like uh, we'll get the the we're going to get the injury report here any minute <laughs> from the Browns. To be perfectly honest with you, but um, you know, uh, you know, Elijah has been practicing. He's out of the, the concussion protocol. He played uh, last week. Uh, and, in fact, uh, I'm just skimming the report here real quick from yesterday. He's not even on okay. the injury yeah. report, Elijah Moore. Now, uh, Cedric Tillman, uh, he uh, a DNP uh, with the concussion, and I don't remember seeing him out there uh, uh, today. Um, actually, you know what? I think he might have been out there, but – uh, you can practice while still in the concussion protocol, mm-hmm. but um, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I, I I wouldn't use Cedric Tillman all that much. I mean, the, the reality is he's a rookie. He's made some mistakes. He's the reason why Joe Flacco has eight interceptions. Yep. Um, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't know that Cedric Tillman is all that important to the game plan. Uh, I just, you know, um, and, and frankly, he probably shouldn't be. Uh, but, uh, the fact that Elijah Moore is uh, healthy now, that's obviously great news that he came out of that Cincinnati game okay, and that's you know what they wanted to use that Cincinnati game to do, and that is you know, just make sure that Elijah was okay. Daryl Ryder, our guest, Browns Beat Reporter. You can find him on Twitter, on Instagram, at WriterWrongFan. You can listen to him on 92.3 The Fan, the Browns Radio Network as well, especially on the pregame as I'm driving out to my event at Jersey's. Uh, I'm always listening uh, to Daryl uh, chop it up with the fellows and breaking it down as only he can. Daryl, from your perspective, we both think they're going to win. But if the Browns lose this game, what will be the root cause of it? Turnovers. Um, and, and giving the you know the detecting short fields uh, to work with. If the Browns are able to take care of the football, uh, or if the turnovers come you know in the red zone, uh, the, it's not going to torpedo. Look, look um, this is an anomaly. This is one of the first times. Actually, I think I reposted it on X today. Let me pull it up real quick. I had seen a stat like this is the first time and sometime where the team with the most turnovers in a regular season plays uh, a team with the least uh, amount of turnovers in a game, uh, in, in, you know, in a playoff game. It really is a quite the contrast yeah. between these two football teams. The Browns give it away a ton. The Texans don't. Um, but, yeah, I, I just feel like if you give the Texans short fields and they're scoring touchdowns off your turnovers, Makes it real hard to uh, to win. It, it was funny that subject came up with Alex Van Pelt today, and like he just he was like banging on the table. He's like, I don't want to talk about this, like because mm-hmm. <laughs> he was asked, Hey, how? Why does this work? Like you guys lead the NFL in turnovers, yet here you are with eleven wins uh, in the playoffs. How does that happen? And he's just like, Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. Like I ain't happy about it. We emphasize it every week. 
take care of the football, don't throw interceptions or whatever. But I think that there's some context there, too, even like with Flacco's interceptions here. He's had a couple absolutely 100% his fault, right? He's had a couple that were Cedric Tillman's fault. Uh, he's had two, I, I, two of them, if I remember correctly, came on deep balls. Uh, one of those against the Texans, one of those in his first game against the Rams, right? He's just taken a, a, a basically a long punch, if you will. Um, he had one in Houston where it was the end of the half. They couldn't kick a 36-yard field goal, right? So he threw an interception. His time expired in the end zone. So really, if you look through the context of those interceptions, the, the reality is that Flacco's got 13 touchdowns and maybe four interceptions okay. or three interceptions. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, and, and I realize, don't get me wrong, I realize the stats are the stats, interceptions are interceptions, but there's context to those as well. Um, so he's made. I think we lost. I'm here. Oh, there you are. Okay. Just broke up for a little bit, Daryl. Uh, okay. I agree with you. The turnovers are going to be the key on both sides of the ball. The Browns have been able to create some turnovers, but they've given away, uh, given the ball away far too many times. What else besides, cause that seems like you could say that almost about every uh, game, but what, uh, from watching this team all season long, Daryl, what other area maybe is a better way to put this concerns you besides turnovers or is there, any maybe there isn't um i feel really good about the browns defense um uh you know i i guess if the the if cj stroud has one of those i mean schwartz talked about it today uh his he remembers joe flacco as a rookie beating him in a playoff game so you don't need to tell jim schwartz to you know respect the rookie quarterback right yeah um but i i just think that that's that, you know, he just has a legendary performance. The Browns have uncharacteristic uh, breakdowns in the secondary where they give up a bunch of big plays. That's really, honestly, the only way I see them losing this game aside from, you know, what you're asking, you know, besides the turnovers, is if, you know, the secondary just has an off day and, you know, the, the, you know they, they don't uh, make the plays that we've come to watch them make the entire season. If that happens, then sure, yes, 100%. C.J. Stroud absolutely capable of beating the Cleveland Browns. There's no question about that. I certainly am not being dismissive, mm-hmm. but I, I feel like it's going to take uh, quite the performance, uh, you know, to make that happen. Even with Tate Dell out there, they're, they're- rookie wide receiver they've still got a lot of talent on the outside there i'm worried about their running game but more importantly the texans defensively do we know if will anderson's going to be playing on defensive end for uh the texans because i I look at it this way and if the browns can somehow figure out a little bit more from the running game and i know they ran the ball kind of effectively against the jets but not on a regular basis do you think he can run against this team uh, yeah, I, I think it's possible, but unlikely. Uh, mm-hmm. I just, th- this, um, this team is built to throw the football, uh, yeah. right now. Um, you know, they're, the Browns run well inside the red zone, right? Uh, they're very good at getting running backs into the end zone, uh, when they are, you know, down deep there. Um, I, I just, I don't know that I have a lot of expectation that Jerome Ford is going to go off or Pierre mm-hmm. Strong is going to go off or Kareem Hunt is going to go off. Um, I, I just I, I don't have that type of an expectation. But when they're in the red zone, man, uh, they, they find a way to get those running backs in the end zone, either throwing them the ball 
or by uh, running the ball. But, um, yeah, you know, Anderson, um, he didn't practice yesterday. Uh, again, we don't have the Texans injury report just yet, so it remains to be seen. But obviously, if he's on the field and available, that definitely makes uh, things a little more difficult on that Browns offensive line. Daryl, last thing, and we'll let you go here, the kicker, Riley Patterson. Okay, This is the one area I asked you, I want to see what you said. This is the one area besides turnovers that concerns me. Field goals, uh, extra points, game-ending field goal, right? Dustin Hopkins, money in the bank this year, uh, perfect from over 50 yards. Uh, This guy's leg not as strong, obviously not as accurate, or he would have been kicking all season long. Uh, Where is your level of confidence in Riley Patterson? Well, Bubba Ventrone noted that Patterson won a wild card game last year uh, at the buzzer with a game-winning field goal. So that's, okay. that's why they feel good about him. Um, he has made six or seven PATs and the only field goal that he has attempted. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, his his uh, field goal percentage coming to Cleveland is pretty good. Um, ironically, his uh, field goal percentage from beyond 50 yards was identical to what Dustin Hopkins was um, when – he came in, that's 50%. I think he's like three for six beyond 50 in his career. So um, that is a fear. I'm not going to lie. I, I uh, might be a little nervous about that. By the way, I just it hit me. I figured out. Here's how the Browns lose. What? If Jeff Driscoll has to be the quarterback. Oh. <laughs> is he the backup for sure? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he was. Alex Van Pelt did the backup today. So there you go. I, I stopped it, Kenny. Oh, wow. If Jeff Driscoll has to be the quarterback, the Browns are up the creek without a paddle. I agree 100% with that, Daryl. Hey, D, thanks for adjusting your schedule coming on today with us. We appreciate it. Uh, Enjoy the game. We'll talk to you next week. All right, pal? You bet, guys. Look forward to it. Daryl Ryder, one of the best Browns beat reporters in the business. Check him out on Twitter, Instagram, at Ryder Wrong Fan.